What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Andrew Schreffler and Jack Manis. Welcome back, Hogline Nation. I swear this week it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like Christmas Eve every week. Every week. Every day. Until Thursday. So, football's here. It's just, I mean, I'm speechless, guys. It feels good. It feels real good. It's it time doesn't to even feel real. Ooh. Did, did this did this offseason feel long or short to you guys? Long. Yeah. Very. <laughs> but I, I feel think like they all do. Yes, I feel it's it's a weird feeling I can't really describe. I feel like in some ways it felt very long, but I also feel like the Super Bowl like wasn't that long ago at the same time. Oh, for for me, it feels like it's I mean, especially because of the the way the Eagles went out, it it, it feels like it's been like five years and I'm ready. I'm, I'm aching for it to start at this point. Yeah, I'm sure Shref is w- ready to uh, wipe, the slate, wait, wipe the slate clean and uh, start anew and, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully rewrite the narrative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you can see from the title of this episode, this is our week one preview. Probably my favorite show of the year. One of them at least, but Today, if you if anyone remembers from last year, if you if you tuned into our 2022 preview, which I recently listened to, just because I knew we were going to be recording this, um, we do shortly. Uh, I have it written down on my phone for me personally because I, I predicted every game uh, throughout the entire season, and I think I didn't do too great. I think I personally, I think I went seven and nine between the sixteen games. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember for the lock of the week, we we did awful. You guys both went. We didn't do two spreads in a total. We just did two spreads. Yeah. And you guys were both zero and two, and I was one and one. So collectively, we were one and five. Not great. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it. Yeah, does and make- then then we. That's why we switched it to donation of the week. Yeah. Yeah. That is what caused it. <laughs> right. And a much better name. I feel like most. I feel like it makes sense for the most part, just because. Week one, you know, these teams are are not the same as last year. Maybe we still have that idea in our heads of what they were in 2022. And, you know, obviously, even though we know the moves they've made, it's still hard to remove our thinking of that team until we actually see it play out on the field. Mm -hmm. So that's probably an explanation for why we were 
pretty poor last year in week one. But anyway, as I was saying, if anyone remembers from 2022, we talk about we're going to talk about every game today, all 16 games on the week one slate, starting with the Thursday night game all the way to the Monday night game. And as we talk, we're going to give our predictions on the spread for each one. However, we're not going to reveal our official uh, sports book donation of the week picks until the very end. And we will uh, reveal them at the end of the show. All right, is everyone ready for the for the uh, for us to go into their first game here, Detroit and Kansas City? Born ready. Yeah, let's do it. Stay ready, so you have to get ready. Exactly right. So the week one opener, Thursday night football, obviously an arrowhead as the Kansas City Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions. Kind of a surprising selection, but the schedule makers go with Detroit. You know, they could have gone with Buffalo. They could have gone with the Super Bowl rematch in Philadelphia. I think there's a few other marquee matchups. They play the Jets in there, too. Aaron Rodgers coming to town. However, they go with the Detroit Lions, who surprised last year. Uh, the Chiefs are six and a half point favorites, and the total as of right now is 54 and a half. And just a reminder to everyone listening, we are using FanDuel. Uh to read off all these lines and totals. The Lions get a real opportunity to show who they are here. Um, I mean, they, they've had very, very minimal primetime games over in recent memory, uh, but they have four this year, include, uh, not, including, not including Thanksgiving. So what do you guys think? Do you think the Lions are going to prove to everyone that the schedule makers made the right decision and in, in Putting it, putting out a good product for the first game, or the Chiefs going to blow the doors off them? Uh, do you want me to go, Jack? Yeah, you go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Um, well, so the first thing that we'll, I feel like we'll all have to touch on at some point here is that Chris Jones might not play. Um, if Chris Jones doesn't play, that changes kind of a lot, in my opinion, I think. Um, he is kind of, I mean, he, not even kind of, he's the backbone of that defense. The entire pass rush kind of moves through him. The run, the run stopping moves through him. He is a very much a one man wrecking crew. So not having him on the D line definitely kind of sways my opinion a little bit. However, in my brain, it's one of those things where, cause they're actually, if I'm looking at the slate that we're going to go through here, I think the first three games include players who are currently holding out on deals. Um, I just kind of have a suspicion that I don't they don't strike me as guys that would really just leave their teams high and dry. So I'm I'm operating under the belief that all three of these guys will be playing. But Chris Jones is the first one. So with all that being said, I am going to take the Chiefs to cover this, I think. That would be my my original thought, the six and a half here. Um it's gonna be I, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think the Lions offense is gonna pick up right where they left off. Ben Johnson's back. Uh Skill positions all back, revamp the running back room. I think we're going to see the rookies get involved early. I think Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs are going to be kind of staple pieces of this offense. But in the end, I just don't. The Chiefs are one of those teams that, like, they, I mean, it's clear by how consistently they've been making it deep into the playoffs and winning Super Bowls that, like, they're not a team that just, like, takes a game off and, like, kind of comes out slow. They might have, like, a drive or two, but, like, I. There's no doubt in my mind that Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey are going to kind of get this under control pretty quickly. So I think the Lions are going to have to outscore him, and I don't think they're going to be able to. So that's 
That's my original thoughts. To answer your original question, Mitchell, I think it's going to be somewhere in between. Um, it's not going to be close, but I don't think it's... Um, the the lines won't be like an embarrassment. It'll be scrappy. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm very interested to see how uh, this offense is going to work, particularly... With the second receiver slot, with uh, you know, without James Williams being in there, it's Amon Ra, and then who who are they working with? I think it's um, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. Marvin uh, Jones of, came back. Who's, who came back? Marvin Jones. Back Marvin Jones. Line. Okay. Um, interested to see how the, the balls may spread around, because really you only think Amon Ra, and like, are they? Is Laporta the rookie tight end just going to get that much involved early? Like that usually doesn't happen for rookie tight ends. So, um. I'm I'm very interested, uh, and but maybe even more interested in seeing the defense. I feel like they have a lot of new pieces there. We touched on it in our preview. Um, I like the secondary. There's a lot of intriguing moves they brought in, as I highlighted in that last episode. So, seeing how they handle Kelsey primarily, uh, the probably the the toughest test that they may face the whole year. So. But I'm with Shrav. Take I would take the Chiefs to cover the six, the seven. It could be like a ten point game. I think so. Right. So, Shrav, did I catch? Did you say that you think Chris Jones is going to play? Did I hear that correctly? You heard me correctly. Okay. Yeah i I read that it the deal's not very close still, and we are three days away from the uh, from kickoff. We are probably two days if, if two or three. It could be one or two days by the time Hogline Nation is hearing this. And I, I, I honestly think, I mean, it's still kind of up in the air, clearly, but I kind of expect them to miss the game. I'm kind of getting that feeling. I'm with you, Mitchell. Amon Ra suffered an ankle injury earlier in August, but he is expected to play, ready to go full, full force. I don't think there will be any limitations on him. For me personally, I think a lot of people are going to bet the Chiefs just because they're the Chiefs, they're the Super Bowl champions, they're at home. Six and a half is a nice, comfortable number because it's a touchdown. And I feel like that's what the sports books want you to do. So I feel like, with that being said, I feel like I'm going to lean the Lions here. I don't feel great about it. I don't know how you could going into that environment fresh off a of Super Bowl, but. I feel like for some reason the Lions are going to backdoor cover this one and get like get make it like a six point game or something. Like just get in there, just because like that's that line seems a little fishy to me. You know what I'm saying? Like it seems like like six and a half. You're like, oh, the Chiefs can win by a touchdown, right? But I think with that being like because of that, I don't really have any data to support that point. I just feel like because a lot of people are going to be on Kansas City, I'm assuming. That the Lions could get in there. That's just my opinion about that. All right, that is the first game, Thursday night game. Uh, we move on here to the Sunday slate, which is full of intriguing storylines and matchups. I don't know what game you guys have right here, but the first game I have here is the uh, Panthers and Falcons. So we're going to go with that one first. Sure. The uh, the Falcons are home. It's in Atlanta. They are and, and they are three and a half point favorites over the Panthers. The total is 39 and a half. 
divisional matchup. I don't know how many there are week one. Let's see off the top of my head here in my notes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven eight, 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 eight of the games. Half of the games in week one are divisional matchups. So one of eight. Uh, Jack, we'll go to you first. What do you guys, what do you think about this game? Uh, low point total. I don't know if I mentioned it, but 39 and a half. So one of the lower ones of, of the slate. Uh, before we really get into the game, the Brian Burns situation, anyone have an update on that? Like, is he, I only like saw alerts of this like today, I think. Like, I is, think he, this is, is he even holding out? I don't even know that. He's been in training camp and every, I think he was playing in the, I don't know if he played in a preseason game or not. He was definitely he was in all of training camp. There was no training camp holdout. Okay, this is recent. Yeah, very interesting. I I, I kind of came out of nowhere. The first I heard of it was today as well. So, uh, main thing I want to see. Uh, I'm I'm eager to, just, and a lot of people are, just to find out what Desmond Ritter is. We got four games of, of him last year. Very conservative offense. They ran with him. Uh, low average depth of target. Didn't throw any picks, though. But didn't do anything to impress. So, uh, Panthers defense. What even is the Panthers defense? Like a mid-defense? Uh, Maybe like thir- 14, I don't know, low teens? Upper, yeah, like, I'd say like a low teens. They're all they're just young. I think is a big thing. But like, they're, they're they're a defense that like after this season could be looked at much more highly. I think. So I I would say that's that that's like a, a reasonable uh he's uh, not his debut but like it's, it's a reasonable uh a formidable opponent. Yeah, like it's it's like a good test, but it's not like too overwhelming. Like let's say like he played like the Niners week one. It's like yeah, all right. Yeah, I maybe kind of take that with a grain of salt going against the best defense, but um, and also just to see uh, what how Arthur Smith is going to split up this backfield. Like, I feel like Bijan didn't get much preseason work. Maybe they're just trying to save him. Algiers still good. Patterson's still in the mix. So, um, very intrigued to see that. I'm just going to name everything, but also Pitts, too. I guess I'm focused more on the, the Falcons' offense. That's just more intriguing for me, probably for most. Um, do you guys agree? What do you think? I would say, uh, I mean, Bryce Young's first game as well, I think, is is kind of another focal point. But I think, like, there's there's so many young pieces of this Falcons' offense that, like, and, like, I feel like you have to assume that this offense is going to look completely, like, redone with Bijan assuming he's the lead back going into the year, but it's very exciting. What would your pick? Uh, yeah, Jack, what is your pick? And Treff, if you have any other additional things, you can say them and also reveal yours as well. I'm going to go with the Falcons, minus three and a half. Yeah, this is tough. The, the one thing that's making me lean Falcons is that I think, I think there's a decent chance that they're going to control the line of scrimmage pretty well. Um, the Panthers' offensive line in the preseason looked uh, not good. Bryce Young was kind of fighting for his life uh, a lot of the time. And, like, the Falcons don't necessarily boast, like, a premier pass rush, but I think a QB's, uh, a rookie quarterback's first game with an offensive line that at the moment seems to be a bit shakier than expected, uh, I think that could lead to some issues. Um, and then on the flip side, like, I, 
we know the type of offense that Arthur Smith is going to try to run, and they have the perfect pieces for it. So I have I have no reason to believe that it's not going to work. Um, I think this will be a close game. Like I think it'll be within single digit points, just because I I really feel like this whole division is just going to kind of eat each other up the entire year. But if I were a betting man, which I am, uh, I would be leaning towards the Falcons as well, just because the the point total is not too not too bad. The three and a half they can get to. Yeah, as as we as we know from our NFC preview last week, Atlanta's a team I'm higher on than than most people, and I think that they're going to set the tone week one, and that's going to start against their division rival here. I'm if Bijan comes out and gets like eight to ten carries and two targets, I'm going to lose my mind. I, I'm I will also lose my mind because I just picked trust the draft capital. I'm choosing to trust the draft capital. I just selected Bijan in the, in the first fair, round of our of our fantasy draft, so I'm even more uh, invested in his usage, especially early on here. So Arthur Smith will go to the top of my uh, people who've wronged me list if he comes out and doesn't give Bijan the proper utilization. Yeah. I, I think he could do pretty well. Carolina's run defense last year. I know it's last year, so take that as you will. But they let up the 18th most rush yards per game in 2022. And, you know, so I, I think it's it's team he could definitely have some production on. And uh, this is an interesting stat as well. I'm going with Atlanta three and a half. I'm not sure if I said that already, but that's that's my pick there. I don't really know if this trend has uh, much bearing. Really, I just thought it was interesting. And also, I was telling Jack and Shreff before we started recording, I have a ton of trends here. So we have 14 games still to go. I got a ton of them. And they're all, I got to credit the Action Network because that's where they're all going to be from. So if I say a stat, just assume it's coming from the Action Network, unless said otherwise. I just want to give them the proper credit. Found a very good article. It really helped me out with my preparation here. Anyway, here it is. Quarterbacks taken first overall are 1-13 against the spread in making their first career start since 2002. Convincing. Quite convincing. Again, I don't know how much that really applies here. You know, a lot of these different quarterbacks, a lot of different circumstances, different opponents. I just thought it was interesting uh, to note. So, Yeah, I guess my only only argument towards that, I mean, that's not a argument it's more of a reasoning for it what i guess maybe be because those guys that are the first overall picks are going to teams that probably still aren't very good which could be part of it yeah that that's definitely a good explanation for it like i said didn't really didn't influence my decision on this on this pick too much uh but it was something to note all right our second game here we have the houston texans traveling to baltimore uh this is the biggest spread of the weekend mm-hmm. as the Ravens come in currently at 10 point favorites as we sit here on Monday night at 931. The total is 43 and a half. Uh, Shref, you can have the first word here. What do you think of this game? Another rookie quarterback making his debut here in week one. Yeah. Um, Vegas knows exactly what they're doing here because like I like the Ravens are like to me, the clear choice, I think, but 
10 is just such a high number for a week one game when there's so many variables of like how a team's going to look when they come out. And like the Ravens are the prime example of that, at least on the offensive side. Like I think we all obviously trust that Todd Munkin's going to come in and, you know, uh, show off a very good offense that features a good amount of uh, skill, we- uh, you know, weapons. But we also just don't know. It, it's, a, it's a big question mark. Um, my thought process going into it, I will say that I'm, I'm, I'm still going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bite the cheese. I'm going to take Ravens minus 10, I think. But um, my one thought going into it is, well, a couple of thoughts. First off, obviously, C.J. Stroud, first game. I think this offense is going to be pretty simplified for him. And I think in certain games that's going to work. But against this Ravens defense, I I don't know. Like a, a guy like Roquan Smith being able to kind of orchestrate a defense for a rookie quarterback, I think could prove to be a problem for him. Um, D'Amico Ryans, who I have all the faith in in the world, it's still his first uh, first game as a head coach. So you got to expect it. You know, it's going to take a little for them to all get on the same page. And uh, I guess on top of that, my other thought is like this Ravens offense, just because of how it's been, like this might be the healthiest Ravens offense we see all year. So my so that's kind of my thought about it. So I think like if this game was being played later in the year, we might see a different line just based on who's actually healthy and who's not. But I think at the moment, looking at it right now, the Ravens are clearly the more talented team top to bottom, and I think uh, that paired with a rookie quarterback making his first start feels like it feels like we could have some double-digit victory vibes here, but interested to hear what you guys think. Jack, go ahead. What do you think? I was going to say exactly that, Jeff. Like, yeah. the This is... Uh like part of the year before the Ravens get injured. Like mm-hmm. they're the, the most injury injured team the past like two years, I think. So, um, and I, I'm not putting my complete like blind faith in this Todd Munkin, like revamped renewal renaissance of an offense where I've, there's been some hype about, but um, I think week one, there's no tape on it. Uh, so, Against a defense that is promising, especially led by D'Amico Ryan's as the head coach now, and like Will Anderson, they have some intriguing pieces that uh, I do like, but it it's not they aren't like a dominant force yet. They're a relatively young defense, so uh, could take a little bit. Um, and for that reason, I'm uh, I will be taking the uh, the Ravens minus ten. It's picking picking a side, even though it's it is a lot of points. I mean, CJ Stroud, he just doesn't didn't look good in the preseason. Ravens defense, they lack a good pass rusher, but I think they're still a solid group on the back end. It's going to be tough for them to deal with, so I, I think I should, uncomfortable with 10. I agree. I, I think part of it, too, is I think their their secondary is going to be good enough where I think they're going to force him to not be able to just go to his first look, which is, I think, where the problems are maybe going to start. Yeah, so I agree. Marlon Humphrey, though, is injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Harbaugh was asked about it earlier today. And he said he's on schedule, so that means absolutely nothing. I don't know what that means good. if he plays week one. Right there, some good coach speak. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're gonna have to see how that goes throughout the remainder of this week. See how he go, uh, appears on the injury report and whatnot uh, as the days progress, because that answer gave us nothing. So that's something to monitor. I mean, we've said it 
on pretty much throughout the whole offseason. I'm not too keen on CJ Stroud in general as a prospect and in his year one hopes to have a successful rookie season. And I mean, going on the road to an environment like Baltimore for his NFL debut, I don't really I, I don't that doesn't make me feel confident really much at all. And I remember watching, I think it was the final preseason game against the Saints. Uh, the Texans played New Orleans. I think it was, yeah, the last game of the preseason. And he, he threw a touchdown. I'm, I'm thinking of one specific play. He threw a touchdown. I don't remember who it was to. But it was a drag route from the right side to the left side. And he just stared him down the whole entire way. Not so I think that's a, 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 a fair criticism of him where he's locked on to his first read. And, you know, at Ohio State, the first read usually got open. Whoever the play was assigned to, the receivers were so good. You know, that, that player was usually pretty open. So, I don't know. I think it could be a very rough debut. Another trend I have here, John Harbaugh, 11-4. and four. Again, Both against the spread and straight up, he's 11-4 and four in week one games in his coaching career. I like that. So, I like that. I do like that as well. Totals 43 and a half. Baltimore is 10 point favorites. I'm also, as Shref said, going to bite the cheese mm-hmm. and go with Baltimore minus 10. I thought that was a good way to put it, biting the cheese. Yeah. I know that it might get, it, it, it might be a mousetrap, but I'm, I'm going to trust it. All right. Our next game here, we have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Cleveland as two and a half point favorites. We have Cleveland, sorry, Cincinnati, two and a half point favorites. Total is 47 and a half. I'll take the first word here. I don't think I've said, uh, I don't think I've gone first yet, but Joe Burrow, obviously the biggest storyline in this game. How healthy will he be? He's still day to day. I'd say he's more likely than not going to play. It's just a matter of will he be hindered from his calf strain that he injured don't know when that was at this point what was that three weeks ago does that sound right it was early on in training camp but they had three four weeks probably at this point okay yeah personally i think from a from a betting slash predicting the the line type of uh standpoint here i'm kind of conflicted i i I saw a lot of compelling trends for both sides uh i think Personally, I think I'm going to lean the Browns. I'm not super confident about it. I just think that, you know, considering Burrow could not be 100%. Home Dogs also last year, I believe, covered at a 60 cent, 60% rate in 2022. I don't have that exactly. I think it came from Lock and Cash Sports, who I referenced a ton last year, and most likely will be going forward in 2023 because he was very good, very intelligent sports handicapper so home dogs definitely a good look here and also joe burrow has been obviously very good also very good against the spread throughout his entire career however he's kind of struggled against the afc north he's eight and eight straight up against the afc north and he's also one and four against cleveland in his career remember he didn't beat them until that one game i think it was last year but he hasn't really played well against them. I know it's different teams, so people can kind of poke holes in that argument there. I still think there is something to be said for it, though. So, again, although I think 
Cincinnati is going to be a much better team throughout the season. Some wacky things happen in week one. I think I slightly Cleveland with the two and a half there. I can go. Um, I'm interested to see how our actual picks go because I, I also have the Browns plus two and a half here. Um, yeah, the, uh, I don't even have that much of an explanation for it because everything in my head tells me you got to go Bengals because like, I, I do think they're just the better team as a whole. But it's a weird spot. I don't know. Week one, obviously going on the road to Cleveland. Um, Watson, while I don't think he's, I don't think Watson's ever going to return to that like possible like top five QB form that he was once in. But I think he's going to be manageable and can still win them games. Um, and yeah, a possibly injured Burrow who can't move around the pocket maybe all that much, depending on how it's actually feeling for him. Miles um, Garrett on the other side probably won't help that all that much, I wouldn't think. Um, and like, I mean, as much as the Bengals always try to repair that offensive line, I feel like we still end up talking about it pretty much every season. Um, and I think it could prove some issues at least early on in the season here. I just think Burrow being out for this long, not really getting that training camp work, uh, you know, while he obviously still has the rapport with Chase and Higgins and that whole team. You still want the reps in the preseason just to kind of, you know, ramp up actually having to play in the real game. So I think we could see some rust out of them. And, you know, uh, it's one of those bets where I'm I'm probably going to take it and five minutes into the game I might feel like a complete idiot because Burrow might just look like normal Joe Burrow. But everything in my heart is telling me that the Browns are the play. So I'm going Browns. Um. I'm gonna go Bengals. I uh, I'm not. None of us are really high on the Browns this whole year, and I feel like this is just gonna be a a letdown. I, I I'm trying to look to see if I got my percentage of bets on Cleveland. I feel like there's gonna be a good amount on them. I mean, the the Bengals are probably a popular team to pick, but that it does seem like this line like you should go Cleveland, but I don't know. I, I, in, in theory, I, I could see the Browns winning and the Bengals have a slow start with, cause that's kind of what happened with Burrow last year when he missed the end of the off season with that appendectomy Is that surgery. The Steelers opening week. Yeah. And they let down against the Steelers lost at home. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I guess so logically doesn't make sense to me to pick the Bengals, but I just like them a lot more than the Browns. Fair enough. There's really not much to it other than that. Then get them by three. All right. I think that's another one where I brought up similarly to the the Chiefs Lions game. I feel like they 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 trick you with these six and a half point lines or two and a half point lines. They're like, oh, it's a field goal, whatever. If they're gonna win, they're gonna win by a field goal. But they're, they're yeah, they're 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 tricky. They get you that way. Moving on here to our next game, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars headed to Indianapolis, another one of our divisional games opening up the season. Jaguars are four and a half point favorites on the road. The total is 45 and a half. Uh, Jack, as our near Jacksonville resident, you can have the first word here. Uh, interesting one. Um... 
I, I I'm really tempted to take the Colts here. Uh, it's a uh, Anthony Richardson is such a wild card. I don't really know what's gonna come out of him in Week One. Like, he could look bad as a passer, but then rip like two two rushing touchdowns off. Then that could really like put a spark in their offense. Uh, defensively though, I don't think they can really keep up with this Jags offense. It looks pretty good. Uh, I like the Ridley and Kirk, Ingram, Zay Jones. Like that's a good four now. Um, the running game is to see how Tank Bigsby's going to be in the mix with ETN, ETN, and uh, Peterson. He's a great offensive mastermind, and I I could see him cooking the the Colts. So I'm I'm going to take the Jags, but I don't know in division the Colts are hosting them. Colts were bad last year. They were. Shane Steichen. You talk about Shane Steichen. What do you think, Shref? I like you're, you buy, you, you backing him? I'm definitely backing him. This is a really tough line for me. Um, I, think I, I, I think I'm actually going to do what you wanted to do but are not going to do, and I'll, I actually will take the Colts plus four and a half here. Okay. Um, I think the Jags win the game. But it you you kind of talked about it with Richardson being a wild card, and I think Steichen, we saw it a lot last year with them, where not only was like the play calling prowess like clearly on display, but it felt like he had a good a really good feel for what team like their opponents' uh, kind of weaknesses were, and he was really good at exploiting them. And I think that's part of the reason why you saw so many of those like very very high scoring games with them last year is they they knew exactly where they could kind of wear their opponent down and the thing i keep coming back to is like i obviously don't think he's going to be all that effective throwing the ball right off the bat but if the jags kind of have a weakness on this team i would say it's on the defensive side and i would say it's kind of more in that maybe front seven area for me uh obviously you're looking at maybe a pretty good uh edge rushing duo with uh walker and josh allen obviously but i think up the middle is kind of where it could get a little interesting and i think steichen's going to be able to kind of build some runs and some quick RPOs off of that that's maybe going to keep them a little off balance. And like I said, I, I would still, if this was just a straight-up pick em, I would definitely take the Jags, but that four-and-a-half feels like the Colts might be able to just kind of linger around for a while. That's fair. That's a good counter to Jack's point. For me personally, I think I wasn't alone in how surprised I was when they announced a few weeks ago that Richardson was starting. I thought all offseason I was pretty much locking in Minshew to see this game against the Jags, against his former team. But, you know, I, it doesn't need to be said anymore, but I will say it. Anthony Richardson is so raw. I mean, I, you, you mentioned his passing, but it's just his decision-making in general is going to need a lot of fine-tuning all throughout this whole season, and it starts right right here this weekend. I have a few stats just to quantify how raw he really is. He's the fewest collegiate touchdown passes of any first-round quarterback since Michael Vick in 2001. Wow. He's the lowest completion percentage in a first-round quarterback since Jake Locker in 2011. Hmm. And he is tied for the first fewest amount of games started in the last 20 seasons, tied with Mitch Trubisky with only 13 starts. He is very inexperienced, and I just... Again, he's going to need to throw the ball in some capacity to have a shot of covering and, you know, for their sake, winning this game. 
to go even further that with the Colts in general, this is a this is jarring. I'll I'll say this: the Colts are one thirteen and one against the spread in Week One games since two thousand eight. I I don't have the numbers of the rest of the teams in front of me. That's got to be the worst in the league. I mean, I feel like as of recently, at least the past seven years or so, it's got to be due to all the different starting quarterbacks they've had. There's no continuity year to year. Um, on top of that, we all know how the Jags have that winning streak against the Colts in Jacksonville, but even in general, I know the Colts are winning the games in Indianapolis for the most part, but they're 14, 24 and two against the spread and against Jacksonville as a whole in the last 20 seasons. That's a big sample size. The Jags usually get them. They make it close or they're winning or they're covering. So I'm going with the Jags four and a half. I just think they're a much better team. And if Richardson is going to excel, it's going to be in the second half of the season, not right out of the gate. I would be very surprised. So go in Jacksonville. Next game on the docket here, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Minnesota uh, for a one o'clock game. The Vikings are six point favorites and the total sits at 45 and a half. Shref, we'll let you have the first word here. Uh, how do you see this one shaking out? Again, Minnesota, pretty comfortably favored in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Minnesota to cover. Um, I think a theme. I mean, I'm gonna try my best not to bet on the Vikings as much as possible this year, just because Kirk Cousins is just like a magnet for for bad bets. I feel like, um, but I think the theme for me going uh, going into this year with them is gonna be. I'll probably be interested in taking them to cover if they're playing a team with a bad offense. If they're playing with team, if they're playing a team with a good offense, I think it all goes out the window. I think you're going to see points galore in those types of games. But this offense on paper just seems like one that's going to be able to kind of score at will. Um, I think at times, and I think especially against these lesser opponents, uh, maybe early on in the year too. Home game helps. Um, not that Tampa Bay boasts like a huge home field advantage, but I mean, always being being at home is always going to help. Um, and yeah, I think Kirk's going to come out and look good. I think Jefferson uh, going against this Bucks defense could get you know a little interesting. And I'm also just, I mean, I know we all are, but I'm really excited to see how Jordan Addison not only like shows like himself as a pass catcher, but I also am interested to see from a scheme perspective how much it actually helps Jefferson in terms of being left one-on-one a little bit more frequently. Um, and I think it's going to look good, uh, at least in this game. So I'm, I'm going to take the Vikings minus six, but I'm not doing it because I feel like they're this uh, really, really good football team. That's my overarching point. Okay. Uh, Jack, what do you see this? What do you see in this matchup? Um. I originally had the Vikings. I'm just going to switch and go Bucks. Ooh. Uh, kind of lean Vikings initially because I love Addison, Paris Jefferson, love Kirk at 1 p.m. slot. But uh, they can score all the points they want. This defense still stinks. And the, uh, the opposing offense, led by Baker Mayfield, he's a little erratic. Not great. We all know that by now. Uh, but the D- the Vikings defense is like one of the worst in the league. They'll so see what Brian Flores could do, but there may be some growing pains week one. And there's still some weapons I like in the offense, like Godwin's healthy. 
Uh, Evans, I still love. Uh, Rashad White, I liked as an intriguing rookie last year. He looked good when I when I did see him. So, um, they do have some pieces. So we'll see. I think they could keep within six. Like that's a. It could be a a twenty one twenty seven push. Maybe they could squeak in, like a twenty three twenty seven. I don't know. That's a little high. Maybe a little lower than that. So, I don't know. I kind of think that's a lot of points. Yeah, as we know, uh, the Vikings d- did win a lot of their games within one possession. So, right. They is... don't. They don't blow people out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not especially not last, last year. year so. Yeah. Yeah, for me, uh, what I got here, I mean, the Vikings are obviously trying to out here to prove that last year, at least the regular season, wasn't a fluke. I do like them week one here just because, you know, I, I mentioned on the NFC preview show, their defense is really bad. But I do think if you're going to have your choice of a quarterback to start week one with, I think you'd most likely go with Baker. He'd definitely be a top three choice of who do you want to go against to start the year as a good... Uh, good get right game week one if that exists Todd Bowles I don't think is a very good coach at all I think this starts the 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 very beginning of the end for him in Tampa Bay as their head coach another good stat here he has not been good as an as an underdog in his coaching career he is 18 27 and 3 against the spread as a as a dog so I think I don't have it written down. I think he was actually decent as a favorite, though, which was kind of surprising. But as a dog, usually didn't cover. Uh, I'll take the better team at home. Jack mentioned Kirk at one. I like that. Give me the Vikings minus six. Next game on the docket, we have the Tennessee Titans traveling to the newly led Derek Carr's Saints. The Saints sit at three point favorites. And the total is 41 and a half, a little bit on the lower side with all these games here. So um, I guess I'll go first here. These teams feel pretty equal to me. I don't know how you guys necessarily feel about them. I, I, I mean, that's reflected in the spread here. Usually if you're giving the home team about three points and the Saints are at home and they're three point favorites, I think for the most part, I feel like the sports books would agree with me in that sentiment. Mike Vrabel, we all love him. We all think he's a very good coach. He's been very, very good as a big underdog. When he's an underdog of three or more points, he has a 22-9-1 against the spread record. Pretty good. That's, 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 uh, that definitely caught my eye, and it kind of confirmed what I already knew, that you know Mike Vrabel can get his team up for big games, especially when they're being doubted. Um, I anticipate this being kind of an ugly game. I don't think it's, I I think the total 41 and a half is correct. I think it's going to be somewhat low scoring and yeah. So I don't know how I feel about the total personally, but I am excited to see how Deandre Hobson looks in this tightened offense. I think that could be something of note as well. See if Tannehill can get on the ball, but with all this being said, uh, I think I'm going to go with Tennessee just because I do view these teams as equal. And I, I just would rather take the team getting the three points as opposed to having to lay three points. So I'll go with the Titans plus three. 
What's up? So you go, go, Chef. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you, Mitchell. I'm going Titans plus three. Um, this is kind of similar to the Ravens argument for me, but the Titans are another one of those teams where I feel like this might be the healthiest we see them all year. Um, so I think all that combined, I think a, a healthy Derrick Henry, I think week one could be a little bit of a problem for New Orleans. Um, they're getting up there. I, we we talked about it on the preview show, but they're getting up there in age on the on the defensive side of the ball. So. I think uh, a, con- a continuous flurry of Derrick Henry runs could prove to be an issue. And then, like you said, very excited to see DeAndre Hopkins in that offense. I think it gives Tannehill like, a legit guy that you can rely on at any point, and even to the point where if you're in a little bit of a bad situation, you actually have a guy now that you really could just like throw it up to and trust that he can go make a play for you. So I think that's going to help. And then I think on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Derek Carr, obviously a very experienced quarterback, but... You know, first, like, real, real action with this offense might take a little bit to kind of get the, you know, get it working a little bit. Um, And I think Jeffrey Simmons is one of the more dominant players in football, and I think he's going to prove that pretty much this entire year, but especially week one. So I agree, Mitchell, that I think these teams are pretty even in my head. Um, So the fact that the Titans are getting three makes me feel pretty good. And Mike Vrabel helps. I I think the difference in coaching is pretty pretty steep as well. Yeah, my main reason for taking the Vikings is the coaching difference, as you both said. Uh, just feel like Rabel's going to get this group to, to, to scrap its way into, I think, a win. I'd I take them to win in this matchup. Um, I mean, Saints, they are my division winner, as I said in our preview show, but I still don't think they're very good. Like, the division as a whole is not great, so... Um, yeah, the coaching like Dennis Allen, I don't trust him. Mike Vrabel, I uh, for some reason I I could just see and like it's not like the Titans have a dominant names on the pass rush. I guess you could say Jeffrey Simmons is defensive tackle, but I could just I have a vision of just getting after Derek Carr all day long. Harold Landry coming back. Yeah, is Rashad Weaver like good? He's he's a rotational guy. He has his, he has his moments. So I feel like I talked to a Titans fan that like was like really looking excited for him and like or I don't know. I mean he's we we always got our eye on him, but I don't know if it's just us. Of course we do. Rashad Weaver Pitman. If anyone didn't didn't deduce that from uh, their intrigue about Mister Weaver. Great man. All right, our next game here, clearly one that we're all going to be watching. San Francisco travels to Pittsburgh. 49ers are two and a half point favorites. The total is 40 and a half. Jack, we'll let you have the first word on our Pittsburgh Steelers. I will open up with a question. Uh, oh. Percent chance you guys think Nick Bosa plays? Mm, because of contract? Yeah, he's another one. Yeah. That's why I said out. there was three guys. It was Burns, Bosa, uh, Jones. Same as Chris Jones. He hasn't been around. I think Chris Jones. Uh, I thought Chris Jones is going to play, so I'm also going to say that I think Bosa. I'm I'm only going to say like like 55 percent though. It's it's one of those things for me where I just can't like I understand that like they they want to get paid what they deserve to get paid, but it's also crazy that like it's two of the last four teams that were remaining last year in the yeah. 
bunch of games that have this issue with literally their best defensive player on both on for both teams. Right. For Chris Jones, I'd put the percentage at forty three percent, and Nick Bosa, I'll put it at seventy two percent. Ooh, you think he gets one done? Yes. Okay. I mean, maybe even if he does is in there, like, I don't know. What kind of shape is he in? I'm sure he's keeping in shape. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I trust him. Nonetheless, I'm going to assume he's playing for a Steelers fan's sake. And that's the matchup I've been worried about all offseason, ever since the schedule came out. I mean, we're going to start Dan Moore at left tackle, which he's getting a lot of hype amongst, like, Steelers fans, Twitter reporters. Like, he's a good left tackle who started 34 games the past two seasons. Just because he started the past 34 games, I mean, he's good. He's just been starting because our, our line hasn't been great. Uh, he's not good um, by my judgment. Maybe I can upgrade him to, like, mediocre, but, like, he other options, Broderick Jones is a rookie. Um, First-round talent, and I like him a lot, but he's still going to need some time, I think. Like, he hasn't, he's looked okay in preseason, but um, still, it's a mismatch against the best defensive player in football last year. Um, so, but I don't know. I, I think the Steelers are going to have some magic in them. In the past three seasons, uh, the Steelers have had to face a, uh, like, a Super Bowl favor, like, a team coming off a conference championship appearance or win in the uh, Bills in 21 and the Steelers upset them on the road. Bengals last year upset them on the road. I don't know. I, f- I feel like Tomlin just oddly gets gets them really, really ready for these games maybe and uh, make it a three years in a row. All right. So Jack sounds like he's taking the Steelers plus two and a half, maybe money line. Right? Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, sure. Why not? I mean, it goes unsaid how excited we are for this one. Obviously, it's our team. Steelers' first home opener, week one, first week one home opener since 2014. So it's pretty crazy how it's been that long. Uh, can't wait to see how our offense looks. Obviously, it looked really, really good in preseason, but it is preseason. So until these games count, we can take that with a grain of salt. Brock Purdy, I'm wondering if he's going to show any rust from his elbow injury. I know he's been playing in some capacity in the preseason, but again, he hasn't played a meaningful game since that NFC Championship game, so wonder how he'll look coming out of the gates. And we also know how good the Steelers are, led by Meg Tomlin uh, as an underdog in general, but just in case you forgot, Mike Tomlin as an underdog in his career is 53-30-4. and and as a home underdog, he is 16, 4, and 3, and also 14 and 9 straight up. So he is one of, if not the best, coach as an underdog and especially a home underdog, which the Steelers are in this case. So with all that being said, going Steelers plus two and a half. Uh will I think we win the game? I think it's a coin flip, but I do like how we're getting two and a half here and I will confidently take our Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers too. It like it it's so hard to argue with Tomlin in these spots. Especially a week one and like with all the excitement that I think is going into the Steelers offense. Um it is funny, like 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 you you think about the Niners and the Steelers both of as like defensive football teams, but I think I'm more excited to watch the offense on both on both teams in this game. Um but yeah, I like I I think obviously this Niners defense is gonna be stout, but I think the Steelers have enough playmakers where, you know, they're still gonna be able to put points on the board. And obviously we know what their defense brings to the table. And I agree that I think Purdy, we gotta wait to kind of see if there's a little bit of rust. Or even like maybe like a little less like velocity even like well there's there's things that'll have to be monitored, but yeah I don't know it just it it comes down to trusting the themes of what's happened over the years since Tomlin's been here they they show up to play in these games at home everyone's not counting them out but feel like the Niners are the better team and I think I think the Steelers surprise them a little so I'm I'm right with I'm right there with you guys. Yeah, it's just one of those things that, like, the Tomlin underdog and home underdog records, it's just such a big sample size. I mean, I just read off a stat that's 87 games worth of, of you know, games. So that's just, like, so telling, you know? If it's only, like, a one- or two-year trend, whatever, we're talking, what has it been, 17 years, 16, 17 years of yeah. data to go off of. So it's pretty telling. <clears throat> next game here on the docket uh it's going to be very interesting we have the arizona cardinals traveling across the country to washington dc to play the commanders commanders are seven point favorites don't think we'll be saying that at any well i like the commanders so there's a chance but i feel like most people won't That's be anticipating won't yeah be most people most people won't be anticipating the commanders being Touchdown favorites against anyone the remainder of the season. Uh, the total is 38.5, which is the lowest out of all of these games. feel like rightfully so, considering uh, Arizona's quarterback situation. But Shref, we'll let you have the first word on this uh, very exciting game. Yeah, I, I'm taking the commanders. Like, I'm not... I, I'll, I'll go down... I'll go down with the commandership on this. I I cannot hitch my wagon to this Cardinals team right now. I simply cannot do it. Uh, for starters, because I don't know which quarterback I'm supposed to be rooting for. Um, that would be helpful. At this point, they should just start Clayton Tune. Like I I know we all have I know we all have a soft spot for Josh Dobbs, but like, what's the point at this point? Like the I you might as well see if you have anything, and then all of a sudden the Kyler situation becomes interesting. But either way, they're not going to announce it. They're maintaining a competitive advantage. Um, I, <laughs> I don't. It, so advantageous. Yeah, it it like the thing that kind of makes me not believe that is that the commanders know who the other starters are, and I think <laughs> I think they're looking at the rest of those starters and saying, oh, "Okay, you know, this this won't be too bad." Um, yeah, like their their defensive line. I think no matter who Arizona's quarterback is, like Washington's defensive line is going to give give that quarterback uh, a big problem probably the entire day. Um, and on offense, like, I mean, it it's a perfect starting spot for Sam Howell because I don't think he's he's not going to – I don't think he's going to have to be great. He's just going to have to be good enough to win them a game, and I don't think he'll have any issue doing that. There's just – there's really just a real lack of talent at pretty much every position group for the Cardinals. 
And it's not that Washington has it in spades, but they have enough that they can they should be able to cover this. And especially at home. So it like if I go down on, on this, I go down on it, but I'm I'm not taking the Cardinals. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, for me, I mean I I said on our NFC preview show how much I like Sam Howell, but it, it is difficult to handicap him and this commander's team for week one just because we only saw one start of Howell last year. So it's not like we have a lot to go off of. Uh, so again, it, it is difficult from that standpoint. However, although I don't really have a strong feel for the spread, it just feels better to go with c- the commanders here. Like you can't feel confident in, in the commanders to cover anything. I'm sorry, the Cardinals to cover anything. Uh, I mean, they averaged 16.6 points per game without Kyler last year, and they, ju- they don't have Hopkins anymore, and they're going to be starting two of the worst starting options in the league. So it's just, I mean, you can't feel confident on that front. I also found this interesting. This has to do with the total. I don't know if this really means much, but Washington's last 24 home games, the under is 18-5-1. I know it's a different quarterback and everything, but I just thought that was interesting. The 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 poor Commanders fans have seen some ugly games over the last three seasons. That's what that tells me. So, don't know about the total because it's so low. I don't expect a lot of points to be scored here, but uh, I will go with Washington to cover a touchdown. Don't feel great about it, but again, I'd rather, as Shref said, hitch my wagon to the Commanders than this uh, Jonathan Gannon-led Arizona team. You got a fire in your gut. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I love how he asked the question, then he said, and it pa- Do you? It pans, so it meekly after. Yeah. yeah, it pans the want, player, all just I don't like, want to spoil it, no but it, there, we, we brought that up on Dun & Drew. It may be up by now, or if you want to listen after we record, but... We talked about that and played it, and it was so funny. But I'll let you listen to it. Who took um, the bus today? Yeah, show show hands. Who's, who took who took the bus? Today? <laughs> oh, no one. No, no, dude. Weird, <laughs> weird. <laughs> I don't want to even talk any. Like, yeah, the Cardinals stink, and like, I, I can't. Um, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Just, I don't even like the commanders that much, but take them. They can win by eight points. Yeah, I think so. I think they can get it done. All right. Our next game here, we're moving on to the four o'clock window. Uh, that was all the one o'clock games on Sunday. First game here, we got the Green Bay Packers traveling to Chicago, where Chicago is one point favorites. The total is 43 and a half. Uh, Shref, you can have the first word on this one. Yeah, so this is a pick'em. Um, I'm gonna stick with the. I'm gonna stick with the take that I had in our preview show. So I'm gonna take the Packers. Um, I know it's gonna be different without Rodgers there, but you know the Bears. The Bears field used to be his home turf, and I think Jordan Love could could make it his again. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of I think the Packers are more talented. I think the Bears have an exciting offense that um, could prove to be a good kind of throughout the, through this entire season. But at the end of the day, this defense still worries me, the front seven specifically. I know they got a, I know they got better at linebacker with um, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, but 
the defensive line still doesn't show me anything that's going to really worry Jordan Love, um, at least in this first week. Uh, I just think the I just think the Packers are more talented, and I think uh, I think the coach is better too. I think Lafleur uh, has Eberflus uh, pretty handily in that, and. Yeah, for me, this is more just the vibes and also just kind of trusting <clears throat> trusting my thoughts going into this season. I think it might take the Bears' offense a little bit a little bit to get on the same page. I also think uh, Darnell Wright's starting week one, right? Let me verify that, but I thought so. Go ahead. Assuming he is, it's a rookie, you know, it, it's a rookie tackle week one. I, I wouldn't be too shocked to see the Packers kind of getting through on his side a decent amount. Um. Yeah, just the, the this one's more of a vibes pick for me, but I'm I'm, I'm just going to go Packers since it's basically just asking me which team I think is better. I'll go. Uh but I'm I'm telling you Shreff, Packers plus 1, more again, vibes thing. Coaching matchups very in favor of the uh, the Packers. Like the Bears, I mean, they haven't got too much off-season hype, but like a little bit and like people I feel like it, they're kind of rooting for them and like Oh, they had some pieces on offense, developed Justin Fields, made were active in free agency, but I uh I don't know. I organizationally just trust the Packers, trust LaFleur on more than Eberflus. He's still is this year your three or your two of Eberflus? This is two, I believe. Cause last year uh because last year we kind of said like when they hired him, I think that we kind of wished that they would have hired like an offensive minded guy. But yeah, and he was the DC from the Colts. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. Granted, it was uh, they didn't have much to work with, um, no. last year. But Eberflus in his first year as head coach had the worst team in football. I feel like it could be somewhat reflective of 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 him to an extent. So, I guess this is his first true test. I mean, he's quote-unquote has more weapons or talent if you want to say um but i uh i don't know just it just seems right to take the packers so i'm gonna take them yeah so obviously i think most people are very excited for this one we get to see the jordan love era start off against uh, the oldest rivalry in the league Justin Fields, we get to see how he progressed from year two to year three. I just drafted him in a fantasy league last night, so I'm, you know, especially intrigued on that on that standpoint. Uh, you guys mentioned Matt Lafleur; he is thirteen and four against the spread as an underdog, so that is very good numbers there. And the last thing I say is I don't care how improved. Chicago is perceived to be. I think it's very egregious and disrespectful to have the team with the worst record in the league be favorites of week one of the next season. It doesn't matter what improvements they made. There's no way they should be favorited. I mean, I'm just I'm against the team that they've historically struggled against. Like it, it makes no they're... sense to me. I know it's different, you know, different quarterbacks, whatever, but it's still the Bears and the Packers, guys. Packers plus one. Next game. We have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Denver, where Denver's four-point favorites 
The total is 44. I will go first here. This is the battle of my two least favorite coaches in the league. Josh McDaniels and Sean Payton. I mean, I can't, for me personally, think of two more unlikable guys. The gross man. I just, I just wanted to put that out there. That really has not too much to do with the actual X's and O's and the players in the field, but I just, I hate those guys. Sirianni. Still, I mean, he's probably in the top five, but these guys are top two, in my opinion. I think the total in this game of 44 is an overreaction to the hiring of Sean Payton, which I... I mentioned on our AFC preview, I just don't think is going to move the needle too much. I mean, yes, he, and ultimately I think he'll be better than Nathaniel Hackett, but he, I don't think he's going to lead this massive turnaround for Denver. If we saw a Denver total of last year of anything in the forties, we'd be taking out a loan and putting it on the under. Mm-hmm. And this is at 44. This isn't even at like 40 or 41. So it's still the same team, same personnel on offense. They didn't really bring in anyone new. Jerry Judy might not play. So, I I mean, I just, I don't get why this is 44. And although I, I did kind of just criticize the Broncos, and I don't think they'll be a much improved team from last year, I do think the Raiders are a lot, a lot worse for the most part. So, I mean, I think I'm going to go with the Broncos here to cover the four. Also, a couple trends that I that I saw as well. The Broncos in September at home, dating back to 2002, are 32 and eight straight up, and they're also 13 and one straight up in September at home against division rivals. So I like Denver at home in September. Uh, four points isn't too high of a number, so I'll go with the the Broncos minus four. Uh, I wish both of these teams could lose. It's a really fair assessment. <laughs> Um, I, I might make a spite pick here. This, <laughs> I think I'm gonna make a spite pick. I'm picking the Raiders plus four out of spite. I, this Broncos team gives me so much bad vibes. Like the Raiders, the Raiders give me bad vibes just because one, Josh McDaniels is a, seems like a, just a not fun guy. And they're also just not a very talented team, um, in a lot of spots. Uh, they have individual guys, but the depth just isn't good. The Broncos, we went through this last year. I bit the cheese, as I said earlier. I bit the cheese last year, and it was it was the biggest mousetrap uh, that these eyes have ever seen. And I'm I'm going against. I'm I can't do I can't do it this year with them. Everything about this team is giving me bad vibes. I think I don't think Russ is going to show a crazy amount of improvement or like a return to what he once was. I think this offensive line is could still be an issue, and I think Max Crosby in a Week One matchup could prove to be disastrous for that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think I think the Raiders are just going to be able to keep it on the rails enough. I'm not saying I think they'll win this game, but four points is enough for me to give them that leeway and think that they might be able to keep this close. And it's a game that I will be watching because I'm a sicko who will watch any NFL game, but it's going to make me so mad every time it comes on the screen. Uh, I'm going with Shreff. I'm taking the Raiders. I just, like, just these teams last year, the Raiders weren't good, granted, but, um, just seeing the Broncos a four-point favorites just isn't not right. It angered I'm me. I'm sorry, who's home? Uh, Denver. D- Denver is home, so that's the only right. thing. Right. Uh, I don't, I still don't like it. I don't know. I, uh, like, the, on the Raiders, sorry, the Broncos offense, Judy's not playing. Devontae Williams, I'm. I, I feel like isn't 
gonna be himself right away. They've already said that that I, th I think they've already admitted that he's not gonna get like a full workload. Yeah, and like, I, yeah, what Mitchell start off with, or whoever said stress. Sorry, start off with his bad vibes from the Broncos. We're all not high on them, and I could just so seeing this being like a, a huge letdown. And I know I made the comparison to Urban Meyer when he started, but. They had a huge letdown in their first first game with Aaron Meyer, right, Mitchell? They lost to the Texans, a division rival. Yep. Just getting just getting flashbacks of that. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of parallels. I can see Max Crosby getting that getting that and Russ like at least twice. That that was what I was that that was one of my thoughts. I think he might have a big day. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I don't feel good about taking the the Broncos there, but I don't feel good about taking the Raiders. To be fair, but if if it was any team but the Raiders, I would most likely lean the other way personally. But anyway, let's move on to a more uh, electrifying matchup. We have the Dolphins going to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers, where the Chargers are three point favorites, and the total is fifty and a half. Uh, we'll let Jack have the first word here. I'm sorry, my thing's loading. Who is it? Uh, the Dolphins traveling to the Chargers. Oh, right. Okay. Three-point favorites to LA. This is an interesting one. Uh, I, I feel like I, I lean Chargers uh, just because I view them as a slightly better team. And the sportsbook is, I guess, viewing them as equal, giving them a three-point favorite at home. Uh, I feel like with the bringing in Kellen Moore, week one with Kellen Moore, the offense could look different, catch some teams off, uh, or catch the Dolphins by surprise. Similar to what I said, what, about the uh, the Ravens no tape on on Munkin and them. But, I mean, I know Kellen Moore's been an OC in the league, but a completely different personnel here over at the Chargers. Um, Eckler, I'm I'm interested to see how he's going to be used. I mean, I have him on two fantasy teams, but like, I I don't. It doesn't make sense for the Chargers to be checking down to him a lot. I guess now we can officially get like the uh get the truth on it. Is it Justin Herbert or was it just like the bad offense that they designed that caused Herbert to check down to him or just Herbert just panicked and checks down checks down a lot to Eckler. So I'm interested to see how that's used. Um and just the offense in general, how it how it's gonna work. And uh I don't know, Dolphins defense, like I feel like they, they should be good, but I mean Ramsey's not there. I mean he wasn't there last year, but he was supposed to be there. He's hurt till like December. Um, so that probably threw much in their plans. It just, uh, I don't know. But it, on the flip side of the ball, like the Dolphins, I, I, uh, Tua has a chip on his shoulder, injured all of, like, not all, a lot of last year, and he's got a, he's in a contract year situation type thing. Two great receivers still. Who's going to be the lead back? Uh, Raheem Mostert. It'll be Mostert. It'll be Mostert. Then it'll be um, probably, uh, I think Ahmed's still there too. Because Jeff Wilson's hurt, right? AJ yes, not he is over Ahmed. Jeff Wilson he, is on pup. Yeah, I, I, I think I think for AJ it might take a week or two before he starts getting getting some more looks. 
I would take the Chargers. All right. Yeah. Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going Chargers too. I also want to uh, – one of the reasons, and this was honestly – I was already on the Chargers just because I agree. I think I think Kellen Moore is going to unlock kind of a new version of Justin Herbert that we've all been expecting to see. Um, and, yeah, this Dolphins team is one that just worries me. But then something popped into my brain, and I wanted to confirm that I was thinking about the right thing. When they played last year, the Chargers won the game 23-17. Tua was 10 of 28 for 145 yards in that in that game. And, I mean, I'm obviously not going to say that the same thing's going to happen again, but I thought about it because I remembered that game where Staley had Tua very, very confused, uh, like, in all areas of the field. Second-guessing throws, uh, I think he threw a couple, like, should have been interceptions that weren't, but they they saw exactly what he was trying to do the entire night and took it away. So, it, to me, it feels like Brandon Staley kind of has a game plan for Tua. And, I mean, unless Tua did make like these like huge leaps, which I don't feel like he made, or I don't think he's going to make, um, then I think we could see a similar ish result. So um, I'm going to take the, I'm, I'm going to roll charges with you home game toe. I trust it. Dolphins have to go all the way across the country. No good. Home game, I'm putting air quotes. Well, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't mean it for the crowd, but it's more for the fact that Miami's got to go all the way across the country. True. I expect this to be a very good game. I think these teams are pretty equal in my my mind. Uh, two offenses that I, I I expect to be pretty good. Everyone is healthy week one. You know, we get a healthy Tua, we get a healthy Keenan Allen, healthy Mike Williams. So three players that you know could be banged up. They've shown tendencies to be uh, are good to go for week one. So that's good for everyone. Good for the product of the game. I'm going with Miami here just because I, 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 I said and I do believe these teams are pretty equal. I'll take the team getting the field goal. Here's an interesting stat. Doesn't really have much to do, slightly to do with the, the prediction there, but kind of an overall theme with the Chargers. Since Justin Herbert has been drafted, the Chargers are 7-21-2 and in covering second half spreads when leading at halftime. Not great. And obviously they had the big, you know, blown lead in the wild card round against Jacksonville last year. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a lot of games right there. So be careful, you know, and the dolphins were in a lot of crazy games last year. They came back against the, the Ravens uh, big in the fourth quarter earlier on. They had that very close, two close games actually against the Bills. So maybe we'll see a uh, Chargers up by 10, 10 to 14 points at halftime and the, and the Dolphins make a comeback. Who knows? Man, if that actually happens, we're, we're going to have to make a clip out of what I just said there. Well. All right. Uh, we have four games remaining. We're going to let Shref have the first word here because we're going to be talking about the Eagles next. Uh, they travel to New England, where they are three and a half point favorites. The total is forty-five. Shref, uh, what do you what do you want to go with? What do you want to talk about in regards to the Eagles' Pats here? Yeah, uh, to me, this uh, this feels like a trap line, and I'm going to fall for the trap. I understand it because it's an away game, so you know it's obviously always going to be like the three points there, but. To me, this feels like a game where if we if this game was being played like 
week six or week seven, I feel like we're looking at like closer to like a seven point line, I would think. Um, so that's kind of where my mind goes to first and why I am going to I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles as much as I don't want to because I feel like I'm a jinx, but I am going to take it. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Eagles win pretty much at every area of the field. Um, I don't trust Mac Jones, especially against uh, this Eagles defensive line. I think they're going to get after him early and often, and I feel like he's proven since he's gotten in the league that he doesn't exactly do great under pressure. So I think that's gonna that's gonna come out to haunt him. And yeah, I don't know. To me, this the everything that I've seen from the Eagles in terms of training camp and preseason and everything, it, they they don't feel like a team that's gonna get off to a slow start. And I also think part of it is that they they are definitely as aware as we are about how hard this schedule gets halfway through the year. So I think they're going to come out with some urgency early on in the season here. And, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to blow them out, but to me, three and a half points feels feels pretty low for what I think are uh, teams that are on different levels in terms of talent. Yeah, I I think I agree with mostly everything you said. I looked at this at, at initially, and I was like, "What the heck? Why are the Eagles only three point, three and a half point favorites?" Uh, then I started to look at the trends a little bit, and, and everything. Jalen Hurts. I don't know if you guys have realized this or not, but in in his career, his home and road splits have been pretty, you know, wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not straight straight up, but against the spread. At home, he's thirteen five and one which is second best amongst quarterbacks since 2020. And on road slash neutral games, he's six and 13 against the spread, which is worst amongst quarterbacks since 2020. So I didn't know it was that disparaging between the two. Uh, On the flip side, since 2019, New England is 13, 20 and two against the spread against teams that are 500 or better. And I know it's, you know, week one, every team's zero and zero. But the Eagles are, unless something catastrophic happens, going to be a team better than 500. So, you know, I don't think the Patriots kind of, I don't think they play up to the good opponents that they're facing. And, you know, even though England is at home, and I just read that stat about Jalen Hurts, I'm going to take the much, much more talented team in the Eagles to cover the three and a half. Uh, even though they did burn me last year when I picked them week one against the Lions, and the Lions backdoored covered that one into a, a three-point three game. So uh, hopefully that doesn't you know come back to bite me like it did last year, but uh, I'll go with the Eagles, minus three and a half. I don't care about the trends. Eagles are a lot better team. They have no business losing this game or having keeping it within four. Uh... As you said, far more talented team. Jalen Hurts revenge game. He loves revenge games. Who knows why? Uh, I was trying to put that together. Uh, in my oh, head. Uh, uh, is it Bill O'Brien related? Bill O'Brien benched him in the championship. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Natural championship. I he assume. loves revenge games, Jack. So there you go. Oh, wow. Eagles minus three and a half. That's a bit of a stretch, but uh, you're a stretch. <laughs> well, anywhere these guys can find motivation, we'll uh, we'll point it out. Revenge game. Jalen keeps receipts. He always does. Probably, 
Probably does. All right, our next game here on the docket, we have the uh, Los Angeles Rams traveling to Seattle, where the Seahawks are five and a half point favorites. The total is 45 and a half. I'll take the first word here. We mentioned on the NFC preview show how how screwed the Rams would be if they if they lost a combo or just one of either Stafford, Cup, or Donald uh, for either one game or extended time. And we're already here. I mean, we're losing one. Cooper Cup. I think it was after we recorded last week, but he suffered a setback. Set, excuse me, suffered a setback with his hamstring strain uh, that flared up earlier in the training camp preseason cycle. I think he's pretty unlikely to suit up week one from what I've read. And I've read a lot considering he's a centerpiece of my dynasty team. So that's very unfortunate, but I highly doubt he's out there for week one. So that's one of their three stars. uh, That's not going to be available. No trends really caught my eye at that article I'm referencing throughout the show here, but considering Seattle's at home, the Rams wide receivers will be kind of sparse. Uh, I think I'm going to lean Seattle against the spread to cover the, the five and a half. Um, but that's pretty much it on my end. Uh, Jack, what do you think about this one? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. The Seahawks, I, well, I guess start with the Rams, as you said, like they feel hopeless with, with only two of their three guys. And like one of the, I, I like Matthew Stafford. Great career, maybe Hall. You said, you said you said it like you. There was a question mark at the end of that. No, I got. Um, I'm I'm officially stating I like him. Mm-hmm. But okay. I don't know. Like at this point of his career, like I don't know what he is. Like, is if he is he, should he be, count as a a big three? Like I I don't know. And he's one of the two remaining, and like I'm, I'm the Seahawks side. Like I'm really high on the Seahawks. I had picked them to win the NFC. I think they'll make a statement and uh, cover this game handedly in week one. They host, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah all the more reason. Yeah, I'm joining you guys. It like It's as big of a home field advantage as you can get. The Rams, I know that we, we always talk about like the rookie quarterback getting his first start, but like the Rams are starting. The Rams are going to be playing a lot of rookies. And all of those rookies playing on the same team in Seattle just doesn't feel good to me. I think Gina is going to be able to exploit mismatches pretty much the entire day. Because uh, it seems like JSN is good to go, right? He he's, seems like no restraints for him. He was back at practice and everything. Um, doesn't seem like Cooper Cup's going to play. Um, everything's pointing towards Seattle, kind of, kind of whooping up on him a little bit. So. I agree with the Seahawks. All right, fair enough. We're all locked up there with the Seattle. The Sunday night game, the classic Sunday night game, which seems to happen a lot. We have the Cowboys traveling to New York. It's usually the other way around. Usually the Giants go to Jerry World, but the Cowboys go on the road to New York. Uh, Dallas comes in at three and a half point favorites currently, and the total is 46 and a half. Uh, Jack, you can have the first word on the Sunday night matchup. 
this Giants offense, what are we getting? Is it going to be another? Uh, is it going to be a Brian Dable master class? And they, uh, I don't know, hide Daniel Jones deficiencies and like Darren Wall are going to add a new element. What's with the receiver group? Like they didn't really add any. Definitely not any veterans, but like, I uh, it's it's uh, I'm very interested to see the Giants, but they have a tall test against what I feel like is a somewhat reloaded Cowboys defense. Maybe not reloaded, but I just really like their secondary group now, and it's gonna make even tougher for Daniel Jones to make decisions and like decisively execute. Um. That's why I'm taking I'm taking the Cowboys in this. I really do feel like they should win. Although I think Dable is a better coach right at this point than McCarthy, but um, I don't know. I'm just getting a lot of uh, have a lot of feeling towards the Cowboys, and maybe Dak is a uh, mean doubt once again. Back against the wall, he always performs. Not always, but sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Trev. Yeah, I I've been flipping back and forth on this one all day, um, and I might still flip back and forth on it even before I make my like official bet on the game on Sunday. Um, but right now I'm 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 gonna lean Cowboys as well. Um, this is another situation where I as much as I trust as much as I trust Dable, and I also know it's a home game for the Giants. I think I think Dallas has them on talent. Uh, I think Dak is going to be in for a resurgence type of year. And I think it all starts in this week, obviously. Um, I think at the skill positions, I think the Cowboys have a beat. Uh, Deontay Banks is going to be starting his first game, going to have to go against CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks. Feels like that could maybe prove to be an issue, maybe at least right off the bat. I like Deontay Banks, but might take him a little bit to get used to that. Um, And, yeah, I, I think they're also, I mean... Micah Parsons is going to be eating the entire year. I'd have to think that they're going to maybe try to get him in a spot where Evan Neal is going to have to block him. Uh, could prove to be an issue for Evan Neal, either him or Demarcus Lawrence. Who, Jack, were you the were you the one that said Demarcus Lawrence is uh, what was it all all name no game? Is that it? Yeah, maybe he's more yeah, name than game. <laughs> he's more more name than game. But yeah, this it you know, this feels like a bad spot for the Giants. I think for a team that. I think for a team that's looking to show that last year wasn't really a fluke, I think they're running into a to a pretty loaded team that has very high aspirations uh, this season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you guys on the Cowboys. I think they can win by a touchdown. Well, don't say you guys. I haven't said mine yet. Oh, true. Um, well, let's see. I feel like well, let's see. You might be a Giants guy. Although I feel like. Feel like collectively, we're not too optimistic on the Giants uh, from a season-long standpoint. Uh, I am very intrigued, though, to see how they look just in general with year two of Brian Dable, uh, bring in Darren Waller, and just uh, see how Daniel Jones is. Because I feel like he made strides, but he still hasn't solidified him himself as a you know bona fide like above average starter. I mean, I think at best you could say he's an average starter, but you know, I think that those questions hopefully could be answered this year. We'll see. In 2022, the Giants were 10 and 2 as an underdog, which I believe was top 3 in the league. 
Uh, however, this is also an interesting stat I saw. Out of quarterbacks that have made 10-plus starts in primetime over the last 20 years, Daniel Jones has the worst record straight up at 1-10. in 10. So, you know, Kirk Cousins gets all that flack for not performing in primetime, but maybe it should be primetime D... Maybe it should be primetime DJ instead of primetime Kirk. I don't know. That's just something to monitor. I like that. Consi- considering all of what I just said there, I think I'm going to go with the Giants, though, to cover. Oh, okay. uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys to win. So I, I think I'm going to predict a field goal game with the Cowboys pulling it out. Just because they were the Giants were really good as dogs last year. Uh you guys mentioned the coaching advantage with Brian Dable over McCarthy. Um, but again, I don't, I don't think I quite have enough confidence to say that the Giants are going to win. So I'll go with the Giants to cover. This is kind of a toss-up for me as well, though. All right, our final game, the Monday Night Football game. The Buffalo Bills travel across the state. Well, they travel to New Jersey, technically. Uh, to go to MetLife, play the New York Jets. The Bills are two and a half point favorites, and the total sits at 46 and a half. I will go first here. I, am I, do you think I'm wrong in saying this is the most intriguing game of the week? Does anyone have another game that's, that would rival this one for that? Maybe Not Dolphins really. and Chargers, but I think this Maybe. has to be. No, I like this one. Yeah. Yeah. So Niner Steelers. Niner Steelers give, is a good one. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously the first time Aaron Rodgers is wearing a, a non-Packers uniform in 19 years or so. Um, I mean, th- this is a difficult game to handicap as well, just because the Jets are so different with Rodgers. I mean, I I think if you see any, even when I read my article here, they referenced some Bills and Jets trends, and I think you can pretty much disregard them. I don't think they mean anything at this point, just because, again, the Jets were so so different with different quarterbacks. So I don't think they really mean much in terms of this Monday night game here. Uh, I'm ultimately going to go with Buffalo. I mean, I think that was you could see the writing on the wall with that one for me, just because I think Buffalo is a really good team. I have the jets missing the playoffs. So that's kind of reflective of how I feel about them throughout the season. And, uh, just a little cherry on top. This is another little stat from my soul, which I actually did buy into because it's more player specific than team specific. But Josh Allen in games that where the spread is three points or fewer. So meaning I guess games, in which the sports books say are going to be close. Josh Allen is 16, eight and one in those games against the spread. So I like my chances. I'm going with the bills. I think they can get it done. Who's next. I don't even need to add anything really. Like I I agree with you in the bills. Overhyped and underhyped team. Colliding in East Rutherford on 9-11. That, that was not, not the right choice of words when you said colliding, but... <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. Yeah, the Jets are colliding. Um, I didn't even so, realize I said that, but you yeah, go, Shref. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. Um, I 
It's a shame because I really wanted, I was really hoping that the Jets would get a more favorable week one matchup because I would have liked to bet on them. But I, I can't do it. I agree with what you guys are saying. It, it's a, it's a, we're crossing paths here of a team that I feel like is going quite under the radar and a team that obviously is getting the most media attention uh, out of any team pretty much. Um, I know it's a home game, but not really. I feel like Bills fans travel well, especially for a game like this. I feel like they'll travel well. Um, and yeah, I think with Rodgers, I I do still like the Jets this uh, this year as a team, but I think it it'll obviously take a little bit. It it takes time for any new thing to kind of get together and mesh. So even with how good Rodgers is, I still think there will be some rust. And yeah, I think this Bills team is one that that's coming out with a probably a, a pretty sizable chip on their shoulder. I feel like they've they probably feel like they've been forgotten about a little bit uh, in the AFC conversation. And I think they're going to remind people that they're still very much here. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the Bills. Field goal, they they got a field goal in them. They got a field goal. All right, we are all in lockstep with Buffalo. The time has come <laughs> to officially reveal our sportsbook donation of the week, our official picks, the first time in the 23-3 season. Uh, if you were following along last year, the way we're going to do it, we can't repeat the same teams. So once someone says their uh, selection, another person cannot uh, also have that selection. And we do it in a snake draft style uh, in terms of who can go. So we're going to go uh, in order of last year's regular season standings where I came in first, Jack came in second, Shref came in third. And then uh, we will go from there. Snake? Are we doing snake? Yes, we will do a snake uh, order. We'll each be picking two spreads that we feel most confident in and one total that we feel most confident in. With that being said, without further ado, I will be kicking things off with the first pick here. I'm going to be going. Now, sorry, not to leave you guys in suspense, but I think this is a little interesting as well because we kind of all picked the games already. Oh, yeah. You know, normally we don't actually know how we lean on any of these games. So there's a little bit of psychology in that regard, too. I think I know what some of the top options are. Yeah, based on how based on how enthusiastic I was about them when I talked about them. And just the conversations, depending on how lockstep we all were. That, that, that's kind of a giveaway. Right. Uh, I'm going with Green Bay plus one. That's my first pick here. Uh, I mentioned how I thought it, that's a disrespectful line. I mean, again, the worst team in football last year can't can't be favorites week one. I'm sorry. DJ Moore doesn't do that much. Come on. Sorry, DJ Moore. I didn't mean to like speak about you like that, but still, I mean, Green Bay's winning. I'll tell you that. Jack, you are up. You have any selection besides the Packers plus one. Uh, I'm going to go with one we all picked, and I feel like we all felt pretty confident in. Titans. Titans plus three. Ooh. They were on my board. Yeah. Just of, this of reiterate, the coaching matchup is just too much. I like it. I like the plus three and them to win. Uh, so I get the back-to-backs now. Yes, you do. Hmm. Well, I, I know one of them, so I'll I'll make my first one. This is another one that I feel like we were all in agreement with. In agreement with, uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks minus five and a half. Um, yeah, home game, 
much better team. Maybe no Cooper Cup. Feel good about it. That's the first one. And then I'm between two on the second one. I don't know if I'll get him on the way back. So I'm going to take... Hmm. I'm going to risk the big spread. I'm going to go Ravens minus 10. Interesting. That, yeah. that was not one that I was going to be touching. I'm, I'm, I was between another one, but I, but I was scared to touch it. So I'm going with the Ravens. I'm, I'm trusting the rookie QB versus the experienced defense. And I'm trusting the new head coach versus a very experienced head coach. Home game, fun offense. I'm trusting it. All right. Fair enough. Jack, your second selection, please. Team I never bet on, a team I never root for. I'm taking the Eagles minus three and a half. Hope I'm it's wrong. The, the one I was debating between, and I didn't want to I didn't want to get my hands on it and, and then hopefully I jinx it. I'm gonna ruin it against it. But I mean there's no conceivable way they should they should keep this game close against the Patriots. I think the Patriots are a very bad team. I agree. Like get after Mac Jones, like have like seven sacks on him. All right, fair enough. I was a little worried after Jack took the uh, Titans plus three that my other two were going to be taken because I'm like, oh wow, the next my next the next selection already took one of my options. But thankfully, uh, they made it back to me here. I think I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the team we just talked about, the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. uh, minus two and a half. I um, I felt confident about this one from the jump ever since they released these uh, week one lines. I don't know how long ago that was. I can't remember, but I think it was initially one and a half. I still like it at two and a half, but for all the reasons we just said, I mean, it all comes down to, I think, Buffalo's a better team than New York, and I just don't trust this Jets thing really working out. And if it does, I don't think it's going to come to fruition right out of the gate. So I feel pretty good about Buffalo minus two and a half. You can lock that one in. And for my total, I'm going to go with the one that I felt the most passionate about, but uh, Raiders Denver under oh, 44. Dang it. I mean, we're going why, back. Why stray away from something that was so golden last year and Broncos unders. So, and you know, again, like I said, just seeing 44 next to the Broncos. I mean, if, if this was nine to 10 months ago, we'd just be like, we thought we'd be getting away for with robbery. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, I'm going with that one pretty confidently. I could see that one being in the thirties for sure. Was that anyone's first choice? That was my first no. choice. I have my backups, but that was certainly my first choice. Well, you have a little bit of time to think about it because Jack, you are up. And I think we did this a couple of times last year. You can, you can uh, pass. What? I don't know why. You, uh, you can pass and give it to Shreff, uh if you want, but it is an option. Oh. I'm going to take the over in the 49ers and Steelers game. Dude, that was my second option. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Shreff's getting robbed here. That was my second pick. I, uh... It's low. It's 40 and a half. And I know yeah. it kind of it makes sense to really good defenses, but uh, I'm buying into the off Steelers offense a little bit. Look great in the preseason, obviously. I'm sure you saw every two seconds on Twitter, maybe. And 
Aya, I mean, maybe Bosa doesn't play, so that could factor into it. Um, the Steelers having success on offense. And the Steelers' defense is great. Maybe could be a little vulnerable in the secondary. Debo and Ayuk, I think, are I can confidently say are great receivers. I really like Ayuk this year. And Kittle McCaffrey can cause some damage, too. So um, they get down the field. They can stretch the field and maybe maybe burn some of our guys on the outside. I hope not. I sure hope not, but maybe it'll happen. And, I mean, what? We just need three touchdowns from each? Yeah, I, I was going to – I mean, you, you pretty much uh, said it, but, like, it's two two offenses that both have, like, big like big play potential at any time. Yeah. As good as those defenses are, I think it could happen pretty frequently. Well, yeah, 41 nothing Steelers. 41 nothing Steelers. Yeah, there you go. Sure. That was just whenever I saw the lines, I was like, that one really took me back. Which I thinking about it after a second, like, yeah, it makes sense the defenses, but I mean, these offenses are Niners have a great offense. Steelers could potentially have a great offense, so I, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't hate it for sure. I I, I think it's. Uh, I would slightly lean to the over too as well. Shreff, after yeah. your first two picks kind of got taken away from you, the shame. Where are you pivoting? Yeah, I, I do want to say before I make my pick, it is funny that because of how good the Seahawks might be now, we completely glossed over the fact that I just went right back on the Meet Carroll train one weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. I bought, I bought back in instantly. <laughs> um, oh, but man. We, at least at least he didn't go with the Washington. and the Ron Rivera is going to be the new Meet. So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I, I think you're right. So I'm not going to that. I am going to go simply because of defense on this one i'm going to take the over in the vikings bucks game 45 and a half um i think i, I think i think the room was split on the line right I, who who took bucks did you i think i took the vikings but i think mitchell did you, you and you and you and i took the vikings jack took the bucks yes yeah, so we were split on that and i like i it was a tough one to think about and i like my only thought is because of how bad i think this vikings defense is going to be so i think if this game is close it's going to be because it's a little more of a shootout, but I think this Vikings offense is going to be able to score it well. So I'll take the over and we'll we'll ride and die with it. We'll see what happens, but we're back. We're so back. Yes, we are. We are back. Uh, to recap our selections here, we have myself. I picked the Packers plus one, the Bills minus two and a half, and the Raiders Broncos under 44. Jack picks the Tennessee Titans plus three, the Eagles to cover three and a half, and the 49ers Steelers over 40 and a half. And Shreff picks Mr. Meat Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks to uh, cover five and a half points, the Ravens minus 10, and the Bucks Vikings over 45 and a half. There you have it, folks. Week one is in the books. I can't believe it. We're here. Enjoy your Sundays. Uh, you guys have any plans or just uh, just sticking at home? What are you guys doing? Home. I'll be home. I'll be home. Watching everything. Yep. Yeah, Eagles are a 4 o'clock game too, so I'll, so I'll just have the red That's zone. That's perfect around. for you. Good. Except, yeah. I don't know, like, I'd be like so anxious. Like I, I just want to have... Oh, I'm going to be anxious. But... I'll be anxious. But, but it's also first week of fantasy football, so I'll be plenty entertained for those first three hours. Yeah. Yeah, luckily for me, a lot of my friends around here are Bills fans and they play on Monday night, so they're, you know, they're going to cater to me 
um, and especially because the Eagles are going to be on to four as well. Uh, I'm going to go to my friend's house. It has two TVs. We're going to have the Steelers on one. We're going to have Red Zone on another. Probably put on either the Eagles game. We'll probably just have Red Zone on the whole time at four, and then obviously the the night game. So it's going to be a good time, a lot of good food. And uh, yeah, we're back, folks. Any final words before we sign off today? Football. Football. Go football. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, Be sure to follow us on socials. Share the show with your friends and family. And we will catch you next week with our week one thoughts and our look ahead to week two. See ya. Peace.